Welcome to Other People's Lives. I'm your host, Joe Sanagato. I'm your host, Greg Dybeck. Just want to remind everyone that we do have a Patreon set up so you can support the show. It only costs a dollar. You can just head to patreon.com slash OPL show. Uh, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash OPL show. Um, today, we actually have a very interesting, a little controversial sort of episode. Is very re- controversial. I mean, I'm not really hip to the whole scene, to be honest. But it hip today, to the scene? Yeah, I just said I'm like I was 90 years old You're for just some not reason. hip in general if yeah, you say something like that. Apparently. But today, we are talking to uh, a pickup artist. Yeah. He is a pickup artist. He is a dating consultant. Pick-up coach. <laughs> he's a pickup artist. He's a pickup artist. So, you know what? He's a pickup artist. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, he, yeah, he, he calls himself a dating consultant. He has a business around it. Mm-hmm. But even just reading through his bio right now, he doesn't hide the fact that he uh, reached master status of being a pickup artist. Right. He actually trained under mystery. Which I, I like, like I said, I'm not hip, but you know mystery. But I know mystery. Yes. So mystery is he like is the pickup artist. He was on the MTV show. What was it called? I don't know. I don't know what it was called. It was so long ago, dude. But he helped guys pick up women in mm-hmm. the show, right? He, there's like a little earpiece in the ear, and you would tell them what to say and mm-hmm. all that. Uh, so this guy Colgate, great name. Uh, that's a cool thing. Pickup artists have like these cool names. They have like aliases. Yeah, like what would yours be? Probably nothing good. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, mine would be like snake. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know, bro. I was gonna say like green eyes. Okay, that's enough. Let's move forward. So anyway, Colgate. So <laughs> he trained with Mystery. He's a pickup artist. He's a dating consultant. So the whole concept of pickup artistry is controversial. Uh, for a few reasons. I think kind of at its base level, the argument is that the techniques are manipulative, that it's kind of false. It's, it's you, as a guy, you think you're learning this like science of attraction. It's basically leading on women so that you can sleep with them. Yeah. Through different methods. Right. Like I know the biggest one and look, I'm ashamed to say I have some experience in this. Right. I won't deny it. When I was younger, I had uh, a friend. We actually went through breakups at like the same time. And he, like a lot of young men, kind of found these books and picked up like The Law of Attraction, The Game by Neil Strauss is kind of like the Bible of pickup artistry Mm -hmm. and just kind of learned all these techniques and was like always telling me about them and eventually like going out and practicing them and it's things like do you find that it works yeah yes wow so look i I don't know so intrigued by this i've never had i've been out of the game for a while but i've never had a problem picking Picking up up girls and the thing that for me was strange at first is all these techniques were the opposite of anything I would ever do. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, like I didn't, I never had a problem. Like I, I was always fine. I think confidence levels, being able to like talk to women, just kind of be myself. But I think the average pickup artist is is a person who lacks that social is confidence. more reserved? Yeah, reserved, uh, maybe doesn't have experience mm-hmm. like with relationships and things like that. So they kind of fall back on these tactics, like things like, 
you know, we'll get in, into the episode, but like negging, for example, is probably the most popular where is it's that, yeah, like, like a backhanded compliment. Right. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to say something that kind of offends you right now. I mean, some of these guys go as far as like peacocking, which is like literally wearing like Ridiculous weird outfits. outfits out to draw attention to yourself. I'm Some of the things like we've tried, which like I, I do regret, like I, I don't think I ever took it to a dangerous or bad place necessarily Mm -hmm. it was kind of like fun i call it a social experiment like i I don't agree with the methods but it's just it's like having a game plan it's like going into a place and making sure i'm going to be the most interested person so things like i I think where it gets kind of dicey is you know talking about the woman you're interested in as like okay that's my target like don't talk about women as targets like first of all but it's going in it's seeing like okay this is the person i want to talk to so i'm not going to approach her directly i'm going to find a way to talk to her friend mm-hmm. who maybe I think isn't as attractive and that's going to throw her off because why am I talking to her friend and not her? Or I'm going to talk to every single person in this room before I talk to this person. So this person's going to see how much fun I'm having, how much attention I'm drawing to myself and they're going to eventually come up and approach me. And like mm-hmm. when you go in with that mentality and take those steps, like it worked a lot of the times. And I don't think that necessarily says anything bad about like the person or the girl or whoever you end up talking with i mean these are techniques that are like practiced you know they they work it's like in those social settings if you're interesting people are going to talk to you but it's that manipulation of like okay i have a script in my head these are openers that i always use i'm going to be mean to this person now just when they think it's going well i'm going to never buy her a drink she buys me a drink i'm going to always stand as if I can leave at any moment. I'm never going to fully turn my body. Like it's kind of sick when you think about how much thought goes into that Mm -hmm. of like putting all these pieces together just to kind of craft this scene and, you know, be interesting and throw off these social cues to like make the person more interested and not being yourself because you're being mean in a certain way. I think it's just wild that it actually like works. You know what I mean? Because for me, I'm like, if I see someone and I'm I'm not interested in them, like I'm just not interested in them, you know, like I don't care who you're talking to, like I'm just not interested. But I guess I could see how, you know, like you just said, like as soon as you said that, like, um, you see a girl and her friend is like significantly less attractive, attractive than her, objectively, and you talk to her instead of the the quote unquote hot friend. I could see how she'd be like, well, what was that? You know, like for a second, she'd be like, well, and then she'd be kind of, she just wants to one up her friend in a way. Yeah. Or if I'm the one that's used to being spoken to and then this isn't happening, like I'm going to change the situation. I'm going to now interject myself. I'm going to introduce myself to you. But I also don't think that necessarily means like they want to sleep with you. It's just they want to dominate that social situation where like the the girl just wants to know like okay i am still hotter than my friend all right i got that so i'm gone now bye Mm. you know yeah i guess it's trying to like you know that even what you just said like that's someone who like if they respond to that that's like a vain person that's someone who does need to feel like they're the center of attention so you're almost using these people's certain like weaknesses and things like that insecurities and insecurities like to their advantage which I think to your advantage, which is, you know, where I think the controversy comes into play is like, is this a real human interaction or are you just like, are you just trying to dictate, you know, the scene too much? And look, I think like 
for me, I mean, I the reason I'm like able to talk about this so much, I there's a full ch- uh, essay in my book about it where I like map this out and talk about it more in depth. And, you know, it's something like, I'm not going to say like I studied like passionately, but like going out and using some of these techniques, it's um, like I was able to build a certain level of confidence behind it. Like there were positives like that. You know, there's things like the three second rule, which is like if you see someone you're interested in, one thing you do is just go because something that holds you back so much is the fear of rejection and you start creating all these stories in your head and that's why you end up not approaching people so like three second rule i'm gonna stick to it boom i'm in a conversation i'm talking to you there's no turning back now and like things like that you you do get so comfortable talking to people um but i I think if if you have the wrong mindset or you're really only using this for sex then that's where it's like manipulation and that's where you're just leading someone you know kind of down a path that's not necessarily fair to them yeah i mean i i I could see that i mean yeah this this fascinates me and i can't even lie like this is something that i would want to i would want to try it just to like it's one of those things it's like a magic trick where it's like i need this magician to do it to me so i could just like see it and like it happened to me because it's so hard for me to believe that it, it actually works. But, I mean, you're telling me it does. Dude. And obviously it does. Like, this is there's whole, like, businesses around it. And right. I, I, it's just like, do these things actually <coughs> do these things actually happen? It, it, it's crazy. There's some, like, pickup lines and, and openers, as pickup artists call it, that, like, it blows your mind. Like, you, I think part of it is just saying something that's more interesting than the next person. I think that that's a huge part of it. But like these things work. Like, have you heard of the cube? No. You never heard of the cube. Yeah, but I don't. Let's not get into the cube because we're already ten minutes into this thing. Whoa. I already. I want to talk to this guy. All right. I'm <laughs> gonna bring up the cube later. Okay. And show you. You think he's gonna know the cube? I think he'll know the cube. All right. Now people want to know the cube. Yeah, I want to know the cube, but like, we'll get there. I w- I just want to call this guy because like now I'm I'm I need to hear it from the master. You know. <laughs> He is the master. Yeah. All right, let's give him a call. Hello, hello. All right, we hey, got hi. it to work. Yeah, we finally got it to work. Had some technical difficulties here, but you got Greg and Joe. How are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. Doing well. Appreciate good. you taking the time today. Absolutely. It is my absolute pleasure to see guys that are doing some work and have some solid momentum on the ground, and my contribution can add to that. Absolutely. Totally, man. Cool. So let's... uh. Let's jump into it. I think there's there's a lot of terms kind of floating around this. Like we see mm-hmm. dating coach, dating consultant, pickup artist. I see social dynamics, things like that. How yeah. how would you describe you know exactly what it is that you do? Um, what I like to do, what I like to uh, see myself as, is a dating consultant. And what that means is unlike a dating coach or a pickup artist or a matchmaker, my job is to simply get the best out of the people that I work with. See, a lot of guys in the pickup industry, they have this whole idea of converting your average guy into pickup artists when really the average guy that's signing up, he has no desire to become a pickup artist. Like some do, but most of them just want a bit of skills so that they can get on to living their lives in a better way. So pickup artists are more of like, 
I'm going to make you into a character. I'm going to make you bigger than life. And, you know, they're going to build you an identity. So pickup artists are kind of that route. Matchmakers are like people that, you know, they'll get to know you. You pay a certain fee. They have a Rolodex of girls um, or guys, depending on who they're servicing. And they'll set you up on four dates a year with people every quarter. And then they'll try to find people based on your commonalities, um, who's the best fit for you and allow you a chance to meet them. You're pretty much taking the guesswork and the sort of uh, challenging approach out of it. Um, and then you have the dating coach, which normally just means a guy that comes into your life and just like a life coach, he's looking at different areas. He might be looking at your wardrobe. He might be telling you, you know, this is what you do on dates. This is what you do when you go talk to people. But his stuff is not based on much of a scientific approach as it is more of what's worked for him, what his experiences are. And he's trying to teach the next guy what's you know been his life experience and what he's going to go off from there and what he's learned. So that's the difference how I look at it um, as far as the difference between all of them. Um, it also says that you kind of you consider yourself you like mastered the the sort of artist of pickup, right? Yeah. So at the age of 22, I became a master pickup art uh, ma a master pickup artist awarded by uh, Mystery, who's uh, known as Eric von Markovic in the seduction community. Um, so yeah, since 22, I've been a considered a master pickup artist. Yes. How do you get to that point to be considered a master at the art of pickup? Um, the master pickup artist originated from the VH1 show that Mystery had uh, called The Pickup Artist, where guys went through a series of challenges, and at the end of it, from weeding one guy each week, uh, one was awarded the master pickup badge after following a checklist of proficiencies that Mystery developed over the years of his pickup uh, knowledge. And according to him, the proficiencies, once they're check off, uh, checked off, makes you a proficient uh, uh, guy at going out and creating attraction and finding girls, but also um, keeping them in your life. So it's kind of like a criteria that he set out. And as soon as you meet that, um, you get awarded the master pickup badge from Mystery. So, I mean, this, this fascinates me because, I mean, I, I don't really know too much about uh, you know, the art of pickup or anything like that. I, mm -hmm. It's almost hard to believe that there's actually a sort of quote unquote science behind, you know, a, attracting women that otherwise wouldn't really talk to you unless you did these certain things. Right. Um, can you kind of just like, I don't know, like kind of talk about that a little more and just kind of make me understand like how this is actually a real thing? Because I know yeah, it's like, absolutely. it's controversial in a way as well. Cause you know, some women or some men even would consider it uh, you know, you're leading someone on or it's kind yes. of manipulative, you know? And you know what? I, I couldn't agree more um, from depending on the operating system that a coach or a student is coming from. See, the guys that I work with are very high performance guys. They're guys that, you know, they're CEOs. They're usually sons of celebrities or people that you would expect to have a lot of access with women, but because they're not um, kind of happy with where they're at, they come to me to help them sort of deal with that issue. Now, with uh, your average pickup guy, most of those guys are just going out to get laid. Now, do I not recognize that most guys driving force coming into this and seeking help is because they want more options in their life? No, I'm not ignorant to that at all. But I make sure that the guys that I work with 
through a pre-screening process, they're kind of on the same page as I am, which is in order for us to get women in our lives at all, we have to be able to work on ourselves first because whatever's going on with what we're coming into it with right now is not enough to get us the results that we want. So the problem isn't with the girls. The problem is with us. So I work with guys and bring me out their best selves. Now, as far as the scientific aspect of it, it's not a theory of men and what they should do to women. This is actually the women's courtship process. And what we've done is we've backwards engineered it myself, Mystery, and all the guys that have contributed over the years of doing this, we've have backwards engineered what that process actually looks like, what is required within the phases of that process. And then if we're able to meet the objective of the phases, we can create attraction. Now, should we create attraction willy-nilly to any girl just for the sake of doing it? No. What we should do is be going out and providing uh, people um the opportunity to be a guest in our reality which we've worked on over the series of months or years to be better guys and then if they should choose to align with us we're able to deal with what's needed to be dealt with in order for that alignment to be platonic and start from a very healthy place if that makes sense yeah no definitely and it's uh it's, it's so interesting that you've you know built this business around it as well and yeah definitely want to make it clear i mean we're we're obviously very interested in talking about kind of pickup artistry and that but i mm -hmm. think that's important you know that you hit on there's obviously it, it seems like you're kind of separating the two worlds and, and that you know there's what it is, man it's just that i think from the first first era of pickup when it first started to get in mainstream with neil strauss and the game and mystery with the pickup artist show mm -hmm. um it's evolved a lot since then now a lot of guys are guilty of sticking with the same stuff and not adjusting their games to the times or to the climate or to the way that, you know, things have kind of evolved along the years and they're kind of finding themselves in the trouble, which is why a lot of pickup companies, you know, are banned from certain countries. They're banned from certain parks in London. If you go to certain parks, there's literally pictures of pickup guys. And they're like, if you see these guys turn the other direction and there's all these kind of like, you know, bad energy towards pickup because a lot of guys have taken it to a very, very dark and weird place. Right. When really at the start of it, it was all about guys trying to better themselves so that they could be more appealing to women. So it's just like, I think that throughout the time, a lot of guys that are doing it and teaching it have found that certain marketing strategies work on certain guys that operate from certain places. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if a guy is coming into it after his girlfriend just cheated on him and he's bitter about women and he feels like, you know, all women are going to cheat on him. If there's a coach that can usually spiel enough knowledge to convince the guy that he knows more than him, then that guy can sort of listen to him. And if he's kind of, saying the same verbiage that he kind of believes he'll identify and then he'll start listening to those guys so a lot of guys know that as a marketing ploy a lot of guys are just pissed off and angry and and whatever they're operating from towards women and they exploit that so mm -hmm. that's kind of what's what's happening now definitely so it seems like you obviously take a different approach with your business how do you kind of screen your clients and what's what's like your average I guess clientele and, and the type of guy that you feel you're able to help. That is most. a question that I get asked more often than not, believe it or not. And I've had this question asked about like with my relatives and girlfriends. And to be honest with you, 
I get guys of all sorts from all over the world. They're all at different points. They're starting at different points. Some guys are single. Some guys are, are young and they've gotten their finances together at 17 and they're now 21 and they're like, hey man, I kind of want to focus on this because this area just hasn't been figured out yet. Some guys are CEOs and they're in their 50s and they just got divorced. Some guys are, you know, uh, um, coming from a place where it's like, you know, I've tried other companies, nothing's worked. I'm 12 years into this. You're my last resort because, you know, I feel like I've been scammed by everyone else. So what do I do? You know, and it's, it, it depends. So I think what this uh, kind of industry does is it helps any guy coming from any place. And that's the power of it. At least with what I do, I've seen huge transformations with guys that, you know, when they started out, they were going out and maybe going out once a month, once every two, three months. And then, you know, six months in, they're going out two times a week and they're talking to 15 groups uh, a night and they're meeting people and getting into interactions and practicing their social skills. Because ultimately, if you want high quality girls, you have to match them with social skills. I always tell my students, I'm like, I could literally call 15 of the most beautiful high quality women that I know and literally, I will tell them, you are the, the guy to talk to. You're the most fucking interesting person here. And one by one, they'll go to talk to you. And if your social skills are not there to match them, and girls that are of particular quality and beauty have very high social skills, you'll lose the girl. You'll lose her. So you have to match them with social skills. So we have to develop that. See, a lot of guys, they come into this and they're thinking, okay, I want options. I want a lot of girls. Or some guys, most of my clients come in saying, you know what, I just want to get good at this so I can find a girlfriend that's going to value me. Or I want to get into this because I want to find a wife and not get treated badly throughout the relationship. So either way, whatever it, it, it's the intentions of what you're coming in with, you have to realize that before you can get the options, before you can get the girlfriend, the wife, the women in your life, you have to develop the skill set. And I think that's where most guys go wrong. So when you say that you, you help them develop like their social skills and you can have these women talk to them and if they're not up to par with their social skills, uh, then it won't work out. So what do you what do you mean like specifically by that? Like what do you like really specifically like what do you like coach these guys on saying? Like what are some cues uh, or, you know, things that they have to like you know, what are these social skills that you speak of basically is what I'm asking. Right. So, so basically women have a direct response to how socially intelligent a, a male counterpart is. Um, if we can demonstrate through storytelling, through behavior, through live demonstrations um, that we are socially intelligent, um, we can become more attractive to them as opposed to the other guys that are out and not conveying these things. So I teach them all sorts of things. I teach them, First and foremost, the structure of understanding um, what the dynamics is between male to female courtship and also female to uh, male courtship, because a lot of guys operate from places where they're always chasing women. And the problem with that is if you're always chasing women, you're always operating from a place of need. And that comes off through anxiety and it comes off through nervousness and it comes off through all these different forms of body language and different uh, delivery and vocal tonality, uh, tonality fallacies. So what I do is I look at their uh, starting point and I carefully weed out all the bad behavior. And then I will teach them afterwards how to put in better behavior so that they can stand out in a group of many guys in any given venue. Now, I don't mean just nightclubs. I don't mean just loud environments with, you know, 
crazy, crazy things happening around us. I mean, just your day-to-day -day, uh, environments, you know, like most guys, they're going to meet their next girlfriend in a daytime scenario, or they're, they're going to meet them through friends. And they should be able to have the skills to be able to, if they want, bring that person into their life. All right. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I have obviously some experience. I think it's different, but you know, reading the game and, and things like that. And there was even a period where a friend and myself kind of tried a lot of these things and, nice. you know, it was always like the scripted, like, what are the negs? What are, you know, what are we going to say? Right. What's, what's the opener? Um, I'm assuming it's a little more nuanced than that. You know, when well, you here, teach it, here's the way I look at it, right? I, I like to think of it as you first need the structure. You need to know how kind of things work. You need to know what the neg is. The neg is supposed to be uh, done for laughter. It's supposed to disqualify yourself from being a potential suitor. If a girl is in a group of people, and as I talk to everyone in the group, not just the girls, because a lot of guys just go in and alienate the girl, and then the friends start thinking, wait a second, what is this guy doing? So they pull her away or they get in, you know, they kind of protect their friend as they should. So if I go in and I talk to the group and as I'm talking to the group, I go, I go, uh, oh my God, this one here, you can dress her up, but you can't take her anywhere as a joke. And they start laughing. It disqualifies me from being a potential suitor because if I was complimenting her, that would mean I was after her. But by me saying, oh, you know what? My girlfriend, uh, she's in LA right now and she hates this venue. Well, then that lets the guys know that, look, I have a girlfriend, I'm not after their girl. So I'm able to talk a bit more. I buy myself a bit more time. Mm -hmm. So it's different things like that, that we have to focus on when I get a student in is that, you know, when he goes in, is he alienating the girl? Is he, you know, uh, leaning in and talking to a girl? Is he facing the group entirely? Because if he faces the group, that means he's interested in the group when he really shouldn't be because he doesn't know them yet. See, there's no genuine aspect to um, interactions anymore. A lot of people just, when they go out, they're kind of putting on a mask to kind of just look cool or try to you know, look like they're having fun. It's kind of like a perception-based thing. So what I like to do is I like to strip away those perceptions that people have with what, what they should behave like when they're at these venues and to people in these venues and teach them better skills so that people can just have a good time with them. I always tell my students, we should leave groups better than when we first arrived in them. And as long as we approach it that way and we're pumping good emotions, we can make people feel good about themselves. That's what it's all about. Now, it's not like a, you know, a hunter gatherer mentality where it's like, oh, I go in now, I'm gonna talk to this group, then it doesn't work. I come back, then I talk to this group, then I come back. It doesn't work that way. You have to be a social, um, intelligent person in that when you're out and you're talking to people, just be a social person. And if it happens that there is a particular girl of beauty in that venue, by you being social, you're creating enough momentum behind that night so that when you do go to talk to her, you know exactly kind of how to handle it. And all these nervousness and things that you are dealing with will kind of wane away because of the momentum that you've been building. So it's just a lot of that. So I teach structure. I do teach material. I give them uh, canned material, which is what we call it, which is a set of prefixed lines that they will work on and memorize to then tell groups. Now, the reason that I give them those is that 
the material kind of allows them to not worry about what they're going to say. A lot of guys come into this with one of the issues is that they can't keep the conversation going. So by giving them material, it allows them to know what to say once, once they're in the group, but more importantly, it allows them to work on the delivery. See, most people go out and they just have conversations and it's just very mundane, boring, you know, where are you from? What do you do? What's your name? Where's the cool club? and all these things when really it should be a lot more impactful than that. So the delivery component and the delivery is how things are said with inflection and, and uh, pauses and pacing and projection and all these different things. We can weed those into the way that we're presenting that material and work on these kind of mechanisms so that we learn how to talk about anything later on and make it impactful. And then once we can do that, the material will just be a training wheel. And then we can just be ourselves and talk about, hey, last week I went to the bank and this happened. But the way that we're saying it compels people to listen. So, I mean, back to what you were saying before about like facing the group or not facing the group, like that kind of thing. Like I'm interested in it. And I think a lot of people are interested in that, in that stuff as well. And I know you don't want to just give all this away or whatever, but I am like if you could indulge I no me i, I, right. I, I kind of just want to know like all right you what what is the perfect way to approach a group if you're trying to talk to a certain girl and it's like what kind of like are those little weird things that people don't necessarily think about like you shouldn't be looking at the, the whole group because you're not interested in the group you don't like that kind of stuff what is the mm -hmm. proper way to approach in your opinion okay so the first rule that you should follow is a rule that is called the three second rule which means that once you see a group that you find interesting and that you want to go talk to you just go and do it because the more time that you allow yourself to think about it what am i going to say you know what's going to happen you know is this going to work out it's just going to build up anxiety and keep you from taking the step forward to open the group so three second rule in you're into the group once you're walking up to the group be mindful that people have a sense of they're they're always watching you when you're out. So make sure that you have a big smile on your face. Don't be the serious guy. Don't be the too cool for school guy. Just have a big smile on your face. Look like you're in a good current emotional state. And then you can open the group ideally from over the shoulder because if you open them face on, it's very intimidating. If you could imagine that we were uh, standing side by side and I was standing right in front of your face, nose to nose, that would be a very uncomfortable feeling. Now, if I was to step to the side of you, I can actually touch my shoulder onto yours and it would feel more comfortable because I'm not facing you directly. So when we don't know people or when we're not comfortable with people, the face-to-face -face interaction can be a little bit intimidating, as you can imagine from a guy's perspective, which he's usually bigger than the girl, it can not uh, yield positive uh, results. So we approach uh, over the shoulder to allow that body language to be conveyed that we're not fully invested into the group. We're actually on our way out. Now, ideally, you want to make it seem like you're not there to stay. So don't plant your feet and take a stance like you're going to be there for a while. You want to kind of sway side to side as if you're moving out and then have something interesting to say. Now, the reason that I was talking before about the importance of delivery, which most guys overlook, is because if you you can do all the body language stuff, you can do all of this, the stuff that, you know, gets you. Uh, more comfortable with the, uh, the group gets more comfortable with how you approach. But as soon as you open your mouth, if you are not compelling, people will turn away because they want you to approach them at either equal or higher energy. 
nobody wants to bring anyone uh nobody wants to have anybody brought them uh bring them down in the venue so most guys come in and they're like you know hey you know uh where's the cool club in town you know is this it and it's very just low energy and mundane and it's what five other guys have asked her that night and it's just not compelling enough for her to say okay i find this interesting because this guy is different than all the other ones so when we first approach the group i always tell my students you want to do one thing and one thing only and that's separate yourself from all the guys you need to be different if you can be different it will buy you more time so that you can get uh more information out essentially think of it as a rant if i can rant long enough and display the essence of who I am, the character of who I am, the identity of who I am. At the end of this rant, a girl can make a decision on whether she finds that attractive. It's like a song. I'm playing a song based on me being a person to her, and then she can decide after four minutes of listening to the song whether she likes me and wants to align with me or not. So what, what are some of these like interesting things that like you said you had some lines or whatever i'm assuming this is one of them one of those like scenarios well see i would i would um tell guys to go into the group and approach with something that's not common that people don't talk about so one of the openers which is what we call them um so that you can get into a group would be hey guys who lies more men or women because anything that's relationship-wise, that's dynamics between male and female, that's the unknown, anything like that, girls will usually find interesting. And the guys in the group will usually um, contribute because they know the girls find interesting. So it's good topics to, to have in your arsenal to talk about because it gets people interested in what you have to say. Now, what you don't wanna do is come off like a guy with a problem, like, hey guys, who lies more, men or women? And then they're thinking you're going to say next, like, oh, because my girlfriend, she lies a lot. And I was thinking I was the liar. So you don't want to do it that way. What I would do is I would say, hey, guys, settle this for me because the, uh, the next round of shots depends on it. Who lies more, men or women? And then I'd wait for a little response from them. And as soon as they start talking, I'll say, you know what I think? I think that men, we lie all the time. Like, that's just what we do. We lie all the time. But women, they tell bigger lies, am I right? And then I'll let them respond. And that right there will start to engage and compel people to start contributing to an interaction way more than anything else most guys are going out and saying. And with that, I can buy more time to get to the next objective, which is to convey uh, my uh, value to them through a demonstration of higher value story or um a demonstration that can be uh, live in field it could be i could show them something with you know let's say i have a a, a bill from canada i can show them uh hey uh, i was in canada last week and you know the difference between canadian money and american money is that canadian money is plastic you can't rip it but watch this ready with the american money and then i can do something and i have this uh kind of little kids magic trick that I do with a US currency. And it's just like playground, little kids humor. Think of it as almost as silly as when you pull your, your finger apart when you're like a, uh, a little kid. It's so silly, but play, playground things like that work really big when conveyed with the story. So I can do something like that. And all of a sudden a girl can start finding herself interested in who the hell is this guy talking like this when most guys don't talk like this, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would imagine in the setting too. And I mean, back in the day when I've kind of tried this out with a friend, it, it was things similar to that. I think one of them was, 
you know, like settle this argument for us. Uh, my friend is with his girlfriend over there and she gets drunk and kisses girls. He thinks it's cheating. She thinks it doesn't. What do you think? Is kissing cheating uh, (laughs) opener here? I'll run it for you. So you, so you can see a pro do it. Hey guys, is kissing cheating. Well, get this. My friend, Ashley, her boyfriend, when they first started dating, he told her, Ashley, if you kiss another guy, it's cheating. Well, last night things got a little crazy and she kissed a girl. Is that cheating? Boom. If I go into groups like that, 10 groups, nine out of 10 groups will welcome me very, very warmly with that opener. Mm -hmm. Do you ever, have you ever run into the problem of, you know, since like you're like, oh, the old kissing is cheating thing. Like, have you ever tried to pull that on somebody? And then they were like, bro, is that like, like, I know what that is. Like, did everyone, anyone ever recognize like, okay, you are trying this thing on me. I will tell you in the, in the 16 years now that I've been doing this, and I started this when I was 14, I met mystery when I was 15, I'm 29 now. So 15, 16 years dabbling with this and getting really proficient and good at it. I have never been called out ever for being a pickup artist or having a pre-scripted line. Hmm. The most that has ever happened is I was in a venue with mystery doing a boot camp. And we had both, we were teaching the boot camp in the day and then we were out with the students at night and one of the girls recognized Mystery and she asked me if I was one of his students. And I said, yeah, something like that. <laughs> that was the most that ever happened one time. But I'll tell you, the reason that it doesn't happen is because when I say these openers, I say them like I actually am in the moment. I'm not saying them like, oh, this is a, a pre-scripted line. Let me get it out. It's like, did you see the girls fighting outside? Oh my God, these two girls, they're a fighting outside. Me and my girls, we're walking in. The bouncer's just standing there. I'm like, dude, sort that out, man. So he grabs one of the girls. The other girl's free to go. It's pretty much like a two-in-one fight at this point. And all of a sudden, she reaches over, pulls the girl's top down. And normally, I'm like, look, welcome to Vegas. But this was one of those saggy, baggy boobies from National Geographic. It was the worst. I think I I don't know if I was looking on your Instagram or something before the call. I feel like I saw you do that to a lady. Or there was like someone who was like looking over your shoulder when you were taking um, a picture or something. I don't think so, because I'll tell you one thing. I am very against doing what people call in the industry infield videos, which is mm. hidden videos of me going up to strangers and talking to them. I don't like that. I think that's very sleazy. And any of the girls in my life, because unlike most pickup artists, I have legitimate girls in my life would think that that's very odd. Mm-hmm. Because I don't hide the fact that I teach guys what I teach them. And I brought girls, girlfriends to boot camps. And yesterday I was talking to a girl and she said, I fucking love what you do. She's been on five boot camps. She says, I love what you do. Guys definitely need it. So with that perspective, I would just never want that kind of lens literally to be put on me to invade people's privacy at their expense so that I can turn my dick around online with other pickup artists, you know? No, definitely. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where I saw that. Maybe it wasn't you. Um, So like... So there's there's certain like points you want to reach in a conversation. The first you one, obviously, the live. actually, you might have watched the Colgate live video that I did, and then I was probably demoing the story so that the students that were listening in uh, could get the delivery aspect of it. And then you're you're referencing it probably with the the context of this being pickup and that Maybe, being a yeah. So uh, so the idea is to like the opener just get your foot in the door, and then like to stay there like what like are there like levels 
Like yeah, so let, let's go through them, right? So think of it as your first objective is to be different when you show up. So with, right. with that, we can handle that with the with the opener, correct? With having certain interesting conversations and saying it with good delivery, we can separate ourselves from most guys that have been coming up to them all night, all weekend with the same barrage of bore that they've you know been experiencing for six, seven years into their going out uh, careers. So boom, we're there on the opener now very quickly into the opener we need to convey that we are fun so we need to pump emotions with using what we call a stimulator a story that is designed for no reason but to pump good emotions and show people that we're fun because what we don't want to do is what we call milking the opener which is now talking about who lies more men or women and all of a sudden 10 minutes into the conversation it's getting super deep about you know who lies more and it's a heated argument and we don't want to get into any of that the opener is actually a false opinion opener. We're not actually looking for an opinion. We're actually more concerned with conveying our own because by conveying our own at the end of the opener, she'll decide whether to give us more time or not. If we let her talk at the end of it, she's talked, she's had a good time, but we've conveyed uh, we've conveyed nothing there for her to get off of. So what we wanna do is uh, be different, get in the opener and then all of a sudden switch to something that's more fun to show people that, yeah, we have the, that side that can match their energy or be higher. So what I like to do is uh, use the old tried and uh, tested method of routine, which is the best friends test, which I can say, you guys look like your best friends. Oh, I can so tell you guys, you guys do the same exact facial expressions. Like watch this, ready? You guys use the same shampoo. See, it doesn't even matter. The fact that you guys looked at each other just screams out best friends and you looked first. That means you run shit. Nice. And then I'd go for a high five and then boom, that right there is going to pump state. They're going to identify that they're best friends. They're going to feel good about it. And then we're on to the next objective, which is to show that we can hold court and also that we are captivating by sharing a longer story. Now at that point, we want to be seated with the group or at least leaning in, looking like we're a part of the group. See, a lot of guys, they stand on the outside and they look for 30 minutes while they're talking to a group, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, two minutes, like they're hitting on the girls. When really you should be over the shoulder, not conveying that you're actually trying to, to, to hit on them. And then as soon as you get your, your stimulator out, which creates the fun, you can now either lean against the wall and just kind of talk to them. And it looks like you're a part of the group. You can sit down if they're seated and look like you're a part of the group. Most people in the venue don't know the context of who, of who's there and what their friendships are. So what it will look like to them and everyone that's looking because most people in the venue are always observing, they're not the observed, is that they'll see a guy that went in, talked to them, and then he sat down. Oh, he probably loves those girls. Those girls are probably cool with him. And if those girls are cool with him, that means he's a cool guy. So in the story that we uh, want to captivate with, this is where we start to elicit uh, things that girls universally find attractive. Now, what are those? We like to classify those as six things. Number one is pre-selection. I just started dabbling to what that is. And that means that you come pre-selected by women. If I show up to any given venue with two girls on my arms, the other girls in the venue will be disarmed enough because I am seen with women because they already know that those girls have pre-screened me and that they found that I'm not a weirdo creep. So they're with me. 
So it gets a lot of the work done in a girl's eyes if a guy is seen with girls. So pre-selection is number one. Number two is leader of men. If I can demonstrate that I lead men, the women usually follow. And that could be with something like if I go into a group with five guys and one girl and I say, I notice that they're all holding their beers weird. I can say, hey guys, you should hold the beer at the neck and not the body of the bottle because your warmth from your hand will warm up the beer faster. And then all of a sudden the guys will logically think that and because guys are more logical, they'll all switch their grips and say thank you and give me high fives. And to the girl that's in that group, I've just led the men she's with. I just went in to a, a five guy group with one girl and led the men. That is attractive. So leader of men. Three is protector of loved ones. Four is willingness to emote. That means that I have healthy emotions so that she knows that, you know, if she spills milk on the counter uh, while she's pouring cereal, um, I'm not gonna come in and yell at her and throw a hissy fit and smash a plate because I'm wired emotionally correct. And then we have willingness to walk away. That's your willingness to be able to just slow things down and step away because you're not needing anything. The reason that that's so attractive is because if you operate from a place where you have everything, and we like to call that abundant mentality, it's where you have everything already. You have a full deck of cards. You don't need anything else. It's very attractive to the girl because most guys operate from a place of scarcity where they don't have girls. They don't have the alignment socially that they want. They don't have the skills that they want. So they're always reacting to women. So willingness to walk away is very attractive. And then finally, successful risk-taking. That means that back against the wall, when shit hits the fan, how do you behave? Can you succeed? Can you take a risk? And even though against all odds, you can you you make it? And that's useful because, you know, a lot of guys, feel like, you know, I can't compete with a lot of men. I'm not as good looking. I'm not as rich. I'm not as attractive, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, good looking, attractive, the same thing. But whatever it is that they feel like they can't compete with, they forget that most girls of value, not the girls that are looking to better their situation, because just like men, there's a lot of girls that have agendas, but the girls that have quality and they're, they have their own thing going on, they're looking for characteristics and um, value in men. So if a guy has you know, a network of $50 million, $50 billion, whatever it is, and he can provide her a luxurious life and whatever, but he doesn't hit the emotional and the evolutionary attractive switches that she desires, she's not going to be truly happy with him if that's what she's looking for as far as value. And what I mean by that is that a lot of guys, even at their highest status, if they were to lose all of that to tomorrow, they'd completely crumble. That's why we hear stories of guys, you know, losing their shit and jumping in front of trains and off buildings after they lose their wealth or stocks go down because a lot of guys can't handle that. So by you demonstrating that you're a successful risk taker, it lets her know that even when shit goes down and you know you lose it all, you can still rebuild, you can still succeed, and you can get yourself back up. That's very attractive. So if we can convey those six things through demonstrations and stories, a girl will find herself attracted to us. Attraction is not a choice. There was a, a dating um, coach named David D'Angelo that said that. Attraction is not a choice. If we can elicit certain responses, girls will find themselves attracted to us. Now, what we can't do is use that for our advantage and just go around and just start, you know, creating attraction in girls for our benefits and anything like that. What we can do is know that that process is there, be social with everyone 
And when a particular girl of beauty comes along, we have the skills and we know what to do and what the objectives are and what we have to meet so that we can align with her should she choose to find us attractive based on who we're conveying. And that's what it is. All right. That was very in-depth. Thank you for that. In a rant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when you have clients and you're teaching them all of this, are you going out? I think you mentioned before, like, are you going into the field, I guess you'd call it, and actually, are you testing this with them? Absolutely. I am not a believer in just stockpiling data and theory into a lot of guys because what a lot of guys do is they get so flooded with information that it kind of disables them from actually taking action and putting it into practice because they've listened to 10 coaches and they've gotten all these systems and different things and now they don't know how to puzzle it together in a very efficient way so yeah when guys uh come up to me there's a lot of tightening of uh what their perception is of how all this works um so is there a lot of failing that comes with it too as they absolutely yes there's a bunch of failing there's look man i'll tell you no one has been rejected more times than myself and mystery that i know of Mm -hmm. and that's why we're so fucking good is that we're willing to go out and test it and test it and test it and get better and get sharper and tighten the system and if we are not able to accept that rejection as a learning opportunity because most guys see they go out with the with the result in mind oh i want to get laid oh i want to get the girl i want to make out i want to get numbers whatever so they're not concerned about the process i know as as a guy in my position doing this that if i make it about the process and i get good at that the girls just kind of happen as a result of me bettering myself but until a guy sees that live in field at a boot camp with me he just doesn't have it click yet to him it's not a reality to him it's like oh i just want to go out and meet girls and get laid until he sees just the power of when i go out and how i influence and affect and i have people buying me drinks and inviting me to vip and giving me the password for the club in the town or a city that i've never been to all these things then it's like shit, man that's what i want for me man i don't want this is not just about the girls I can see that if I better myself, girls are gonna find me desirable. And that's what I like to demonstrate with my students. So yes, I definitely take them out. What I normally do is I have different programs. I have a three-day program, a four-day program. I have a program where guys can come and live with me, either in Vegas or LA or Toronto, places in all these three cities. So we can uh, get on the ground. And then I have another uh, program, which is a 10-day experience where we go to different cities on a private jet and we gain different venues and different styles. So it's 10 days of just different styles of game. And that's bar game, nightclub game, events. I'll do a pool party at my house and I'll call people that I know so that you're able to do social uh, um, circle game and all these different things. So, yeah, I offer a lot of different packages, but all of them include us going out. Absolutely. Wow. So that's a big part of your life is just constantly... I guess, improving your own skills and, and going out with these different I, groups. I, never, I don't look at myself as being above this. I never think that I'm there. The issue with most guys in the industry is that they think they're there and now they're operating from this place where they know it all. And that doesn't leave them room to be malleable enough to change with certain things. Like, guess what, man? Dating today is different than it was 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 50 years ago. And if you have this idea of just teaching guys what works for you, you're not gonna survive in this. That's why I've been doing it for so long because I always teach guys what's needed. I don't teach them what works for Colgate or WEM. I teach them what will work for them, what works universally. 
I have guys that, you know, are, are clients in India that can't get away with the socially uh, violation, uh, the socially violating uh, things that we find normal here in India. So we have to adjust for that. While most pickup guys are just telling them, hey, just say this because I can say it in downtown LA, and it works. You can say it in, you know, your small town in Lithuania or whatever it is like, and that just doesn't work for those guys. So my aspect is, yes, I'm a, I, I've, I've mastered the pickup arts. I've mastered social artistry, all that, but I'm also very in tune with everyone's starting point. The one thing that all my students recognize for me is that I probably care about my students' well-being more than any coach in the industry, and I really do, because a lot of the guys in the industry right now, what they're doing is they're just exploiting guys and their momentary weaknesses of not feeling good about themselves based on what they're seeing or how they're feeling for um, for their gains. And yes, there is a money aspect to this, absolutely, it's a business, but I like to consider that if you don't invest anything, I know that guys don't truly commit. I've done boot camps for free for guys because I felt bad. I've had guys on boot camps to help them out. If they, you know they paid for one, I'll give them two if they haven't, you know, uh, gotten it down yet because they just didn't do the work or whatever. And it just doesn't work because they don't commit. They don't follow the process. They're always like, you know, clicking their pens or you know, distracting, showing up late, and all this kind of stuff. So I know that with the investment that my clients do, it makes them committed, and that's what I want. I want to work with the right guys. I don't do a free for all kind of system or model to my business where I pack a seminar room of 200 guys all paying $300 and talk to them for eight hours and then that's it and send them off. I don't believe in that. To me, that's motivation. I can go in and inspire and motivate in a short amount of time to a room like that. But if we're talking transformation, if we're talking developing real life skills that are going to last you a lifetime, that needs to be more personal. So all my uh, programs, I take a maximum of five guys. I do a lot of programs all year, all over the world, but it's always five guys or less because to me, that's the, the way that I can affect and create the transformations that I can do and give everybody the attention that they need so that everybody's questions get answered, everybody learns, everybody knows that I'm here for the long run. So most of my clients commit to either a year or two years they're on packages, they're coming to multiple boot camps, they're doing Skype sessions with me once a month or twice a month, and they're really, depending on what, they're, uh, what they want for themselves, we're designing a full-on um, kind of development process so that they can achieve their goals. And I, I stick to that. And as long as they do as well and they do the work and they can come back and show me progress, then I, I will definitely give them everything. Just like I'm talking to you guys very freely, I'm giving you guys all the goodies that I teach in seminar, you know? I, I don't mind uh, revealing anything and getting as deep as we wanna go because I know that this is a topic that if most guys knew, and like, let's forget the whole aspect of taking advantage of people with it and manipulating it, right? But just the understanding of how things work, I think we could solve a lot of issues with like, you know, where guys operate from, how guys treat women, how guys uh, behave with rejection from women because of things they haven't figured out. Because ultimately for me, self-awareness is, is what allows you to grow and expand. So for me, it's getting this message out to the right guys and making sure that I work with the right guys. So that's how my screening process works is that I get on a call with them. I talk to them. Most of the times they have already dropped deposits because they've, they've, uh, 
been on the website, they'll look at a program, they'll make a deposit or they'll pay the program in full. My assistant usually uh, schedules the calls for me. I will show up to the call, I'll do it. If the guy is operating from a good place, he's in it for the good intentions and I have questions that I'll ask to identify that. I have a personality screening that I do to find out what personality type the guy is. Um, if all things check out, we're ready to work. I will give him a date, we'll get on the ground and, and go to work. But if I see that the guy is operating from a weird place or he's in it for the wrong reasons, I literally just tell him, hey man, I don't think right now is the time for us to work. I feel like your mindset needs a little bit more evolving just because you're thinking of this, this, and this. And a lot of guys come in and they're like, you know, I just want to do this because, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I just feel really bad right now. And I think this is just going to be good for me. You know, I'll just be out there and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's slow it down. You know, let's, right. let's identify what we're, what we're really after here. A lot of guys are like, uh, oh, dude, I just want to do this so I can just get laid a ton. And I'm just like, all right, let's slow this down because, okay, let's say, let's say that happened tonight. What's after that? What, what do you want after that? So I try to screen guys and see where they're coming from. If they have the right intentions, then I'm, I, I sign them up. If not, I literally will send them the deposit back. I will send them a copy of my ebook um, or whatever I can to help them change their mindset, whatever it is. And hopefully within a few months, and I've had guys that come back and say, hey man, sorry I asked you, you know, how many girls you slept with as a way of checking your merits. I know I was just operating from a place of just like total like weirdness. So like, I realize now that, you know, you're the guy to go to. I was just convincing myself, you know, of this bullshit. So I signed up, just wanted to apologize. Thanks a lot for everything you do. And I'm like, all right, fucking awesome. You know, two months down the road, the guy fucking came to his senses. So it all it all depends. No, definitely. That that makes sense. And I mean, is there still an aspect of controversy kind of around what you do? Will there always be? And also, how do you kind of make that transition with a client where you know, you go from kind of feeding them some of the scripted things so that they can get that practice into them being able to kind of strip that out and really just be themselves in, in yeah. that situation. What, what happens is most clients will realize at a certain point that, okay, this is starting to make sense. I'm getting results. Girls are reacting. When guys come into the group or they're in the group, I'm able to handle that. So it's like, you know what, instead of telling these scripted things, they'll just, they'll kind of, what happens is they kind of wing a little moment in their, in their interaction. And they're like, you know what, that actually worked. So let me start doing that. And then it kind of picks off from there where they're like, all right, now this thing that I'm doing on my own that I'd never been taught this story from my childhood seems to work because I know how to do it. All right, maybe I don't need the other story of the girls fighting outside. Maybe I can put this story there and then they'll test it out. And it's like, all right, it works. And then they'll just transition into, replacing default material with material on their own, uh, of their own rather. Mm. Um, so we have to wrap up in a little bit, but I just wanted to, you know, get your idea, uh, uh, your opinion on this. So obviously, you know, the art of pickup is very controversial for, to, to some people. Yeah. So what would you say to people that think that it is manipulative and like, how can you kind of uh, differentiate that from, like their beliefs from what it actually is? Or maybe you agree, right. I don't know. Here, here's my thing, and I'm going to be 100% honest, as I always am with everybody, is that it is manipulative. Yes, it is. We're going out and we're talking to strangers so that we can better our skills. But guess what? The people that we're meeting in venues, those aren't the true selves that people are. They're presenting some mask that they're putting on to be in that venue anyways. So if 
my students go out and they're getting into interactions for the sake of just practicing their skills and building momentum so that when they see a girl of particular beauty or they see an interaction, maybe it's with a group of guys, they know how to handle themselves and present value and get an alignment out of that. Not to say it's sex, I'm just talking an alignment, a friendship, a work relationship, whatever it is. I've done plenty of business with guys I've met out because guys see me with girls and they just want to get to know me and then they offer value and i'm like yeah i could i could use a copywriter oh yeah i could use a lawyer sure absolutely i yeah you got a place you got a place in la that i can stay for the weekend if i ever go to la well i'm in la all the time but sure if you have a place whatever it is like guys can see that and to me it's like pickup will always be controversial because it's at the expense of someone else and if i'm saying to me to myself and to my students look we're not going out today or tonight for a birthday weekend where we bring girls back and we get laid like rock stars. That's not what it's about. It's about developing the skill sets this weekend so that when you go back home to whatever city or town you're from, you're able to work on yourself to develop the skill set and the character trait that's needed for the girl that comes into your life and you're able to show her that you've worked on yourself enough to make sense for her to align with you. And that's what I do. So yes, from a lot of perspectives, it's controversial. It's, it's, you're going out manipulating and, and I don't disagree with that. That is something very real that we all have to accept. However, the club manipulates you. The club will sell you bottles and, and tables at over uh, priced uh, crazy expenses. So, cause they know it offers value to you. So the whole essence of it is a fabrication of, our kind of dynamic of trying to go out and meet people. So if I can go in and present people with an awesome person that leaves them better off than when I first got there, what is wrong with that? Like, what is, what is really wrong with that? I'm not exploiting them. I'm not taking every girl that I talk to home. I say no way more than I say yes. But at the end of the day, I always leave everybody better off. If I go into a group and the girl has a boyfriend, I'm like, awesome, is he here? Let's meet him. She's like, yeah, he's here. And I'll talk to the guy genuinely, have a conversation with him, even though his girls is now off limits because I don't believe in you having to wreck a, a relationship to win the girl because there's options everywhere. I, and I operate from that place. So it's it, to me, it's like I can talk to the guy. And guess what? Most of the times that guy is either cool because he has the girl, so he's probably a cool guy. And then he invites me to some after party where I meet a girl or I meet some other girl who then I meet her friend. And it, it's, it's an endless opportunity cycle as opposed to a guy going out trying to get laid. He listens to the, guy, uh, the girl say, oh, I have a boyfriend. And he's like, oh, okay, we'll have a good night. Or worst, he talks to her for a couple minutes because he doesn't want to be perceived as the first guy and then he leaves. So for me, it's not about going out and saying, okay, tonight, tonight to get laid, guys. It's like, no, let's work on our skills. Let's build our momentum. Let's practice our storytelling and our delivery so that when it fucking matters, when we're at a Starbucks, that's a Starbucks plug, when we're at a Starbucks and there's a girl in line, I can literally say, yay, watch this, ready? Excuse me, hey, barista, there's something wrong with that bagel right there. And they all freak out because they're like, what the fuck is wrong with the bagel? And then I go, it's got my name written all over it. And then they all relax and laugh and everybody laughs and she'll laugh. And then I go, that was a good one, right? Did you see the two girls fighting outside? And then boom, I'm right there. And then at the end of that rant, if she finds me attractive, she most likely will say, hey, you should take my number down. Because again, 
the whole operating system of men chasing women, that dynamic needs to change. See, most guys think it's a chase. Oh, I got to chase women. The truth is when you get to the highest level, you have a lot of girls chasing you. It's just that you recognize that, no, it's not now, oh, girls are chasing me. It's a dance. I want a girl feel, I want a girl that I'm going to align with, that I'm going to bring into my life and make my travel partner or make her my girlfriend to know that I am willing to chase her. Absolutely. I want to feel enough urge in me to chase because she mattered. So it's a dance. We have to chase each other. But that's the thing. Most of the times when people go out, one is chasing the other. One is trying to, you know, chase the other for whatever gender reasons, et cetera. And that's just not going to take anybody anywhere. So, yeah, hopefully these rants and these perspectives that I've offered here kind of gives the listeners an insight as to what's actually possible with social interactions and creating impact and captivating people and leaving people better off. And that to me is what's most important. Because if we can do that, communication with men and women will improve as we get deeper into this, because the more we, we can understand and have the conversation and just operate from a place of providing who we are and our best selves, I think that that's what we want. Absolutely. And we appreciate, I think, all the honesty behind it and, you know, the depth that you're able to go into. And, you know, we have to wrap up. I, I know you could probably talk about this for a long time. Yeah. Where can people reach you if uh, they have any questions or they, you know, might be interested in signing up yeah. for one of the boot camps or something like um, that? I would say, honestly, man, for most guys, just to get a taste, I do a free Q&A every Wednesday on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Facebook is facebook.com forward slash ask Colgate now. Instagram is just Instagram forward slash ask Colgate. Um, that's a good, uh, just a taste of what I talk about, the kind of vision and perspective and lens that I operate from and how I teach my guys. If you want to sign up for boot camps or more information on that, askcolgate.com has all the information there. I got a blog there that I released an article uh, on every Monday. I have um, an insiders page that's all kind of like the books and influences that I've kind of developed throughout the 15 uh, years that I've been doing this, 16 years now and kind of taken in. So I got different sections on there so that people can improve themselves i have skype sessions i have um you know specific topics for uh breakout sessions like relationships and if you want to get good at text game and you know how to convey a good online uh personality that's true to who you are like all these things i do as well so askcolgate.com has all the information there but yeah man i'm around i'm i'm on youtube as well any social media platform i to be honest with you i don't like doing it and the reason is is that when I do things like this, it's for me, it's like, okay, I see the benefit in helping the next guy. They're tuning in. I get a lot of guys tuning in. So, okay, there's benefits to this, but I know, I know that most of the guys are just listening in. They're feeling good about themselves for listening in, and then they're not going to go and take action. So for me, having the investment there behind it just makes guys more prone to doing the work. So I do it now and I see the value in it and I see the benefits that people are getting and I'm trying to do more and more of it. But as the, the guys, like I work with really elite guys and those guys are ready to press go. So that's, that's kind of the, the vibe that I I've been used to and that I like to work with is guys that are ready to get good at this. If you're just kind of, you know, getting your feet wet and things like that, you can listen to someone else, but if you're ready to go and you're ready to really change things, then, you know, that that's that's when you come to me and i think that's what most of like my students like you guys said is that i kind of just keep it real and i'm very honest and 
you get that from me, you know, on boot camps, you get that from me on Skype sessions, you get that me face to face. That's what girls get. And that's why I've been able to survive and had no bad track record with anything that I've ever done in pickup because I treat people fairly. I treat people like they want to be treated. You know, I don't treat them how I want to be treated. That would be unfair. I treat them how they want to be treated and I treat them well. So it all works out. Awesome, man. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, guys. I um, commend you seriously because, you know, podcasts are are becoming like lawyers. They're a dime a dozen. <laughs> so to have a podcast where you guys are tackling some niche kind of topics and really diving in and asking some good questions, that's that's good to see. I, I, I definitely heard a few before, uh, as we talked about on email, before I definitely uh, said I would do this. I don't normally talk to most of the media inquiries that I get, but I definitely saw the work that you guys were doing, loved it, and definitely wanted to take the time to answer any questions that you guys had. Awesome. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And like you said, we're just trying to uh, be be interesting and have something interesting to say. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if we can do it different, we have a chance. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys, for having me on. And yeah, to all the guys that are out there listening, Definitely, definitely get out of the house and put something into practice to better yourselves because it's definitely worth it. There's room at the top for everybody. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. All righty, guys. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. How do you feel? <coughs> Are you signing up for a boot camp? I'm not signing up for a boot no. camp. Um, but I also don't think that I, you know. It's always going to be more, a it, back I, and I'm forth. more curious than I am feeling like I need uh, help. Totally. I, I don't think you or me fit like the description of someone. It would just never cross my mind. I, I don't feel like that's an area yeah. where I need help. Um, it's tough, man. Like I understand so many of the positives from it. Mm -hmm. There are positives. It's, right. it's interesting. Like, but it's, it's also interesting when you really think about it. Cause it's like, you know, you always, people tell you even before i knew pickup was a thing like you hear people say like you gotta act interested but not too interested so technically that's a form of what's going on here so that's the thing is like I, like attraction is is a game and that's why it's like oh don't stop playing games is. with me don't play games with me like i don't play games i'm not like other guys i don't play games <laughs> it's like it's all a game at the end of the day it's you know it's just that someone has like an answer sheet you know well, it was nice that he admitted that I just, yeah. I think there's positives that are just, but I just think there's too much negative around it at the same time. I, I just feel like you, if you equip the wrong type of person with this information, information. and knowledge, it's, how do you not use it for the wrong reasons? Right. And, and and do they ever truly like make that transition where they're feel like they're themselves? Because he even is still using right. the same scripts. It seems right. like, see, that's where it gets a little messy because for me, I wouldn't necessarily like, I, I will say I am very, that's why I, I asked about it. Like earlier, I'm very interested in the body language aspect of it. Of mm -hmm. like, here's how you should stand because this is not like a dominating position where it's yeah. like, you know, over your shoulder or whatever. And not just like, boom planting your feet like i'm here and i'm fucking staying like what's up you know yeah. like you're hot dude uh like i'm interested in that stuff but as far as like a script like i can't imagine having a line that every single time i go up to somebody i have this one line that i drop every time 
that's where it starts to feel like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. It's not genuine because you've done this before, this exact sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like things like the three second rule, I think are great. I think, that I think that's should, a good exercise yeah. for anyone who has like a, they, they a feel social like anxiety or something, exactly. or something of that. You know, if they, if they have something like that, then yeah, of course. You have a three second rule where it's like, dude, you see someone, you're just them, just fucking go over there. If they have a boyfriend, you'll find out and then you'll be right back here. Nothing's wrong. Um, that I think is a good thing. You know, the body language stuff, like I said, it gets tricky once it gets to, and dicey once it gets to the uh, the scripts and sort of like, you know, like you said, uh, you know, talk to her friend, but not her and make sure like whatever, like now you're, I don't know, it just gets, it gets dicey. But it, it's also like, I, but I get it at the same time because I feel like naturally people do that anyway. Yeah. Which is like what he was saying. Like it's a manipulative environment anyway, when you're going out, yeah. I think- I think it's tough for us because we don't feel that void of like, damn, I really need something. I need exercises. I need yeah. training. I need something that I can just enter a social situation and be okay. And like, right. we can't understand that. So I'm not denying that there's you know a purpose for yeah. that. I think people who don't have any sort of social skills and it's like, I just don't know what to say. And I'm not going to, because for me... I don't really have a problem talking to anybody in a bar or anything. And I'll just, I'll come up with something, you know, I'll just like say whatever and we'll have a conversation about it. But a lot of guys will get nervous. And, and that's can, a skill you take for granted. Sure. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people second don't nature have to that me. in there. Right. And no, yeah. But I think this kind of shit for me to acquire that, that would be like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like why, why are you now taking like, an answer key when everything's fine, but you're like, you know right. what I'm saying? And, and when I like dabbled in like, you know, just trying to like learn and practice things for fun, like there's just, there was just no reason. And, and for me, it was like, okay, I'm now I'm going out and doing the opposite of what I usually do. I'm not being myself. Right. These are scripted things. And I don't want to like misconstrue this. Like I wasn't like out there. I wasn't like a pickup. I didn't have like a cool name. Like I said in the beginning <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but like it, the same way you have an interest in it, it's just like it's fascinating to a degree. The other thing is, are you giving the other person a fair shot? Like this is so focused on you and your skills and you being able to be social. But if you're just using the same lines on different people, like what are you really getting back from that person? Are you really getting to know that girl that you're meeting? Like, or is this just all a script for you to like land your lines, do your thing and whatever the outcome may be and like you know like are you able to forge very meaningful relationships once you eventually do let them in to your life like do they know that that first time they met you was essentially scripted i I don't know yeah i mean i don't know like for me i can say that for me i think it's like what pickup artists sort of disguise it as they say oh it's it's this but it's really something else you know i think that for me it's so interesting to me because i would like to be a better uh in social environments even though i consider myself like a very good person in social environments i have no problem talking to anyone a group whatever i don't care um but little things like you know dominating positions body language things like that that just make you more socially intelligent which is the phrase that he kept saying was socially intelligent so those kind of things i'm interested in because if i could polish things 
And it's like, oh, you're coming off a little weird because you did this thing. And I know it wasn't your intention. You're not trying to pick anyone up, but like it just came off weird because you fucking stood right next to them yeah. or you like snuck up behind them or some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so those kind of things I, I, I'm interested in being like more socially intelligent, but I'm not interested in like, yo, give me a line and then let me like make up this fucking story or whatever and then try to get you to, you know? Yeah. That 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 gets a little, a little too. Uh, it's just not genuine. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when really the the real advice is just like, dude, just fucking go up there and just like talk to them. the three second rule. I think is the most important thing about mm-hmm. this. It's like if if you can just if you follow the three second rule, like I think naturally, if you force yourself just to walk up to somebody and then talk to them in a non like intimidating way. Yeah then eventually that's going to be fine. Like if you just like be yourself, because I feel like people can tell also when you're just kind of feeding them lines or whatever too. See, that's what I'd be worried about. If I was like, oh, I'm going to try out some line, I'd be worried that someone would be like, they could just feel it in you. Right. Because not everyone's like an actor. They can yeah. be like, oh, you don't even fucking believe what you're saying. You know, it's just some bullshit line you're feeding me. Yeah. And dude, I've overheard do, like guys say things to girls and I'm just like, oh, I got to like leave. Like bad pickup lines? Yeah, I'm like, I just got to get out of here. <laughs> like I can't even no, stand it's, around. it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. How uh, do you usually approach girls in, in, in places? Well, I don't anymore. Well, come on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Jeez, I'm so out of the game. Do you, uh, or like for the most, I mean, not during this little experimental period that you went through, but do, right. do you, are you a person who's just like, Oh, that girl's kind of cute. I'm going right up to her and I'm talking to her. Usually not. Me neither. But it, I think there will be that point where if I know this is someone that I want to talk to, then I do force myself. Like, even if it's not the three second rule, it's like a forced interaction. Like, if at the end of the day, I think pickup artist methods are not, what it comes down to is rejection and fear of rejection. And if you are so afraid of rejection and you're building it up into this bigger thing, in your mind then it's gonna stop you and it's gonna like stifle anything that you want to do like talking to someone new whether it's making friends talking to a girl but if you're able to kind of push that out of your mind that like if like i'm not going up there and like screaming at her like like what's gonna happen i'm not gonna like throw up on her and like ruin her like at the end of the day if this doesn't turn into anything whatever i just i had an interaction and that's fine i think once you can get into that right mentality then it is just kind of easy to approach and it's and just have a conversation yeah and 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 i think i'm fine with doing that in most cases the fear of rejection or looking weird i think is the biggest thing it's like oh that guy's like weird now like because he came up to us and like you know like who actually thinks that you know even if you're out somewhere, like, again, Me, unless I someone's, that, like, though. stumbling up, like, a psycho or something. Like, nah, if, if I someone... overhear a dude talking, like, trying to hit on a girl and she's just, like, not interested, I'm like, oh, God, oh. Like, it, it hurts me so bad. <sighs> yeah. That's why, but it's not, <sighs> those kind of things aren't genuine, though. Like, it's like, you're nervous, you don't know what to say, so you're trying to think of something that she might want to hear. But just, like, say what you what you mean. That's the thing, like. If you, you went up to a girl, honestly, and I, I mean, depending on the girl, obviously, it's not going to happen for everyone. But I think if you were just, like. I honestly just like wanted to talk to you, but I have no idea what to say right now because I'm so fucking nervous. Like, I feel like someone would even respond better to that than yeah. like, "Oh, hey, uh, what's your my favorite animal is a eagle?" Because like, and just have like this weird thing that you're gonna say. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know why. That's I pretty good I- <laughs> line. I'd be interested. If someone yeah, said that. I don't know, but I, I just think that like, you know, 
my, what I was getting at is that the fear of rejection and looking <laughs> weird, if that's the main driving force for you not talking to women and, and having like social anxiety or whatever, he'll even tell you. He even said it. Him and that dude, Mystery, they've been rejected how many times? So you can get all the answers from these dudes and still get rejected. So it's still there. So of you course. might as well just fucking go up and just say And it I anyway. think that's the biggest takeaway, if there's a positive, is that if you can put yourself in a situation where you understand that at the end of the day, if you get rejected, like rejected doesn't mean someone's throwing a drink in your face in front of strangers, like whatever. If there's no real connection with this person, that's fine. You walk away, you have your health, you're the same person, like no one died and you just understand that that's just part of life and that's okay. And then it allows you to take more risks. It allows you to meet new people, put yourself in different situations. I think that's, you know, that that's a positive that comes from this. And I mean, look, I guess I'm assuming business is good. I mean, for him, I, you know, who knows behind the scenes, but you know, it seems like this is something that a lot of men out there are interested in and, and they're using these services. And, you know, I guess the thing is you just hope that, everyone's really getting something positive out of it and you're able to separate it from that language of like targets and game and you know i don't care about this person i'm just using these techniques and knowingly manipulating them and uh i'm sure that still exists it 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 at least seems like that's not what he's preaching and he does take it very seriously and he does screen you know the people that he works with so that's good at least i'm sure there's a lot of people not like him who do the opposite and you know yeah, I mean, that's for the audience to decide. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you guys can follow me on uh, <coughs> social media, at Joe Santagato. And um, sorry, if you uh, have something that you think uh, fits for the show, you can send us an email. Go to oplshow.com slash contact. There's a form there. Fill it out. Send it to us. And if it fits for the show, we'll reach out and schedule something. You can find me at Greg Dybeck. Uh, Read about my uh, pickup artist adventures in my book, The Art of Living Other People's Lives, if you want. Because uh, I'm just not going to talk about it anymore here. <laughs> You'll have to find out what the cube is for yourself, basically. Oh, uh, you can uh, follow the show on Twitter at OPL Show. Follow our Instagram at OPL Podcast. And leave a rating and review uh, because you guys have been leaving a lot of ratings and reviews. And it's awesome. And it helps the show grow. So thank you. All right. Well, that is all. We'll see you guys next time.